Good folks, we are back. Another episode of Thin Line Between Sports and Hate, Basketball Edition. And today I'm joined by a special guest, my man Nobleman. We here, right to talk about, here to talk about sports. Introduce yourself, Nobleman. Let the people know who you are. Yeah, it's Nobleman calling from the Bronx. Basketball connoisseur. All day, every day. Let him know his story and even know the facts. ESPN Classic, my man knows it all. Just let it know, son. Right, we're going to get on some hot topics. It's been a while since I talked about basketball. I've been on the boxing thing. So, I know, I know. We're going to jump on it, though. And our first topic is, we know the butler usually cleans up the mess. And um, in Minnesota, the mess seems like the butler is trying to clean up very quick. Either he wants out or something's got to change. Now, we see how Jimmy Butler is from his days in Chicago. How he was with Todd Thibodeau. They said Tib loves how he's treating everybody. I don't think that leadership is working, that type of leadership role, especially uh, with these young guns. And nowadays in the NBA where everybody wants to build a brand, uh, I just think he, his time is up. He just needs to go somewhere else. What's your thoughts on that, the whole Minnesota situation? Well, my thoughts on it is he's definitely out of there because I heard this morning that he will be starting against the Spurs on Wednesday, but they still are looking to trade him, but they're looking for the best possible trade because it's not going to give him up for anything. Mm-hmm. So he's definitely out of there, and I don't blame him because he's an older player. He wants to win. Playing with them young guys, Wiggins has no heart. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. So he's definitely out of there. I agree with that. The problem is, too, and he says it. He says, yo, we have – one of the uh, most explosive guys, you know, can jump out the gym, can run with anybody, just refuse to just go out there and play with some type of hunger. But I said that watching his first year in Minnesota, I said, damn, maybe LeBron was right. Maybe he was right to get him out of bringing Kevin Love. I thought he would want, you know, the tutor young guy like that. But um, you see it sometimes with these players, uh, Car- Carmelo Anthony, DeMarcus Cousins, Dwight Howard. They could be so much more, but they're so playful or they're – the hunger just isn't there. You know, I, I, I don't know what it is. And what about Carl Anthony Towns? What do you think about him? Because he's still young. I, I think, what, three years in the league? He still has time. So I, I don't think being on him so harsh so quick is – I mean, you know, he got cooked in, um, in the playoffs. You've seen that, right? Huh. And, I, and I think that's what the issue was. That he got Once burnt in the playoffs. Yeah. He was in the playoffs, you really saw who he was. Yeah, that was a problem, man. But you know what? There was a few, you know, so-called, quote-unquote, future superstars that didn't play too well. Um, you know, I don't want to give the first – you know what it is? First playoff appearance. I don't want to judge them so quick. You know what I'm saying? Because if that's the case, then I tell people that we got to look at Damian Lillard. He got cooked by Holiday. Holiday tore mm-hmm. him up in the playoffs. And then we got also – we look at um, Ben Simmons. I mean – Seven feet, this man scored zero points in a playoff game. Okay. Young, he wasn't ready. You know, so, I mean, I don't know. You think this type of leadership works, screaming at the guys and trying to get them motivated? You think that military type of boot camp um, teaching works? Do you think nowadays does that work anymore? I mean, this is not the 90s what we grew up on watching. 
I think it depends on the caliber of players you got. But for that team, Minnesota, no, because Thibodeau is definitely that type of coach, and it doesn't seem to be working so far. So mm. I don't think it's going to work with them. And hey, that's a very good point you bring up with Tom Thibodeau. That is his type of style. And like you said. And that's why Jimmy mm. wanted to be there so bad, because he wanted to play for Thibodeau because he knows the type of coach he is. But mm-hmm. the rest of the guys is just not getting it, because they understand that Thibodeau will be out of here before we are. So is it safe to say that you think Tib might be out of a job this year too, come this season, middle of the season, end of the season? Um, I honestly believe if once Jimmy Butler goes, I see him not to be there next year. Mm. I say the same. You think Tib will get a job though after this? He'll definitely get a job. He's still top, top, top five coach in the NBA. I, I like Tom Tibble though, because you know why? Uh, even though a lot of people hated that, you know, he, he, he um, even if you're up by thirty points, you know, you can beat, you can still two minutes in a game. He's still preaching and yelling and screaming and but to me that's the type of coach you need to me you should never take your foot off the pedal this is competition never. you know never. i remember um isaiah thomas getting mad at george Carl one time for running up the score he said but to me it's always if you don't like it stop it point blank uh-huh. <laughs> you know what i'm saying if you don't like what i'm doing play defense and stop it that's all you have to yep. do and um I like to, I like Tibbs. I'm a big Tibbs fan. He, he reminds me of uh, um, Stan Van Gundy when he coached Orlando. You always heard him screaming out there. Um, similar very, coaches. Yes. Very similar style. Uh, yes, defensive-minded coaches at that, too. Uh, and, you know, it's sad, though. Coaches like that, to me, don't stay, stay long coaching in the league anymore because, you know, people want to see a high-tempo scoring game. So defense is, is – you know, it, it puts people to sleep. It's not the same anymore. I get excited because, you know what, defense brings offense. You know, the Spurs has left off that for a long time because they haven't had dynamic scorers. They didn't have, you know, 25-plus scorers on, on their team. But you know what, they played great defense. Great fundamentals. And, that, and that's all you need. But what do you think Towns is missing? We know what's the problem with Wiggins. He has no heart. But I want to get back to Cats because, you know what, I'm an actual fan of his. I want to know, what do you think that's missing in his game? He settles for the jump too much for me. He needs to be a true big man, stay in the paint. But I feel that way about 90% of these big men that's coming up these days. None of them are true big men. They all play outside the paint. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that's and the people, thing nowadays. You got People to be like to Towns shoot. and Cousins, they have the body and the size, and they're unstoppable if they, if they play their hardest. They can just – body anybody in the paint because most of these big men are not used to playing against big men. I agree with that, especially when you watch DeMarcus Cousins, the way he has that nice little spin move when he posts you up and takes you down low. I agree with that. Everybody wants to settle for the three-pointer now. It's almost become like the Euro League, <laughs> you know, so to speak. And, and nobody's banging it down low no more. No, no, I remember I basketball used to be inside out. Mm-hmm. Now basketball is outside in. No, I've said it wrong. Basketball used to be outside in. Now it's inside back out. Mm-hmm. It's, dro- it's like, dropping remember, down low. It's dropping down low. Draw the double team. Kick it out to the shooters. Basketball was designed around the big man in the nineties. Now mm-hmm. you don't need. You do not need a big man. Yeah, it, it's amazing because dude, you say that, and guys like Patrick Ewing, uh, Akeem Olajuwon. How far would they have make it? Yeah, they had a little jump, a little fifteen footer, but nobody was sitting there. Nowadays, nobody's gonna drop it down to you, down low for you to get the ISO, so you can do your little shimmy, turn around, get the fadeaway jumper. It's a different league. If the big man is, he they either gonna drop it down low and pass it out, or he's gonna shoot the three. And that's why I think centers like Stephen Adams is so underrated because 
he is like your true, your true typical big man, just without you know, without the offense too much. Yeah, he don't have a strong offensive ability, but that man would get rebounds, man. go up there, block shots, and uh, man, I, he's he's undersized. Stephen Adams is about what six eleven. He's not a true seven footer, I don't believe. Oh, I have to no, look that up. Six eleven. Yeah, I, I believe so. So for him to sit there and get th- that type of rebounds, I, I, man, I, I used to love to watch him and Cam to play together. But the game has has evolved, and shooting is the thing. I remember though. Remember, <laughs> you'll remember this. Remember as a, at a time. Shooting wasn't a thing. Uh, it was Duncan. Remember, you had like Desmond Mason, Jay Richardson, Rashad Lewis, um, man, some other names. Guys were into Duncan. Gerald, even Gerald Green. This kid came out of high school. Shooting wasn't a thing back then. People it wanted wasn't to dunk the same on because you. I remember when they said Jordan couldn't shoot the jump, so he couldn't shoot the three. Mm-hmm. And he went in the game. He said, "I choose not to shoot the three. And he shot like eight for eight for nine on three pointers. He said, "I choose not to." And you like, know, basketball used to be mid-range and basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, the three was like, yo, if you're down or, you know, you're, you're up and, hell, we got the open shot, hey, take the three. The three wasn't your priority. And I feel, you know, no, and like they say, you, the old slogan, man, live by the three, die by the three. And what we saw Houston do um, last year in the play, um, last season in the playoffs or this year, they died by the three. Die by it. So, but I can't blame them because they played that way the whole entire season, and it worked. No, it worked, but it's, I knew it wasn't going to last long because they don't have the shooters um, Golden State have. And I believe that, a lot of teams go wrong, maybe you disagree with me or not, when they try to play Golden State basketball. No, I agree with that 100%. You cannot play their basketball exactly. because you will eventually lose. Every position, they have a three-point shooter. So you can't double-team. You can't lay off for anybody. Like, you have to play hard-nosed defense, get in their ass. You, there's no other way. And you have to switch. And that's what Houston was successful as, and that's why they were doing so good, was because they were up on – and that up on Steph Curry. And that's the thing that bothers me about Steph Curry. And I hate to say it, but I have to keep it real. As great of a player as he is, you give him a little bump and shove, it's like he's not the same no more. And, and, it's, no, and I, I hate that because if you're a leader, you got to, to me, show more. You got you have to show more heart than that. You got to show tough and, and, and grit. And I understand that Draymond Green is, you know, the heart and soul. But, yo, know, a play can't always be there. Sometimes you got to be your own man. You know what I'm saying? And I hate the fact that sometimes he's only happy and giddy when, you know, he's up. Like, you got to show that same face when you're down so, you know, you, you can get through the adversity and play your game. I hate that when they're down and out to me, he seems like he just he just sinks out the game, if you understand what I'm saying. No, I get it totally, because he definitely does do that. If you uh, what, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry about that. And that's where KD comes in. He is no longer the star of that mm. team. That is, that is KD's mm-hmm. job. Very good and point. He, and, and he accepts that, he, and he knows that. That is KD's team, the second best player in the league. Def- definitely. So, speaking of KD which is great because he's going to help us on transfer to our next subject. We're going to bring this one topic up on KD. Where do you think he goes um, after the season? Does he stay or does he leave? I believe he stays because you can get rid of of Klay Thompson and that team is still unbeatable. So I see him to stay and they will get rid of Klay Thompson. Ooh! You heard it first, folks. The nobleman. His prophetic (laughs) vision is that Klay Thompson... Will no they will do be anything. 
they will do anything to keep Steph and KD. Because you could you could build around them. You could put anybody around them. You can get another Clay Thompson. You know, but you're not going to get another KD or Steph. You know, it's crazy. Um, I never thought about it. At, at, like uh, I never thought about it from that perspective. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I always thought that you know what, if he stays, it's because he wants chips. You know, he'll take that pick. Or he'll do what um a lot of guys did in San Antonio or the state. I like Duncan take the pay cut and stay. But the point you bring up is very interesting. Um, I wouldn't say you go always find a clay, but I think definitely, I mean, obviously, yes. Let's say the obvious. You will find a clay quicker than you will find a Kevin Durant. That is no yeah. doubt about it. And, you know, um, and, and you're totally gamble, right. You won't and find a clay. And that's a gamble you're willing to take because, you know what, that's a seven-footer that came down the lane and shot it right in LeBron's face and said, it's over. <laughs> so, I mean, the thing about Clay, Clay can light it up too. Clay also plays great defense, but something about a seven-footer. And, and then here's another thing. Kevin Durant defense has, has um, tenfold. It's went up tenfold. So he bought some v, He got some VC, put his attributes up on defense. And Kevin Durant defense has been better on the Golden State Warriors than it has been the Oklahoma City Thunder. So, because he knows Steve Kerr is going to let him know. As great a scorer as you is, you don't play no defense. I have somebody that can come in this game and play for you. And Golden State is looking scary. Um, everybody's like, oh, uh, a lot of Lakers fans have been hitting me up, DM me, DMing me on the Instagram saying, you know, hey, look, did you see those two preseason games? <laughs> and I want to talk to you about this. First of all, I try to tell people it's, it's preseason. I watch preseason <laughs> to see who's going to stay, who can potentially be um, a sixth man, who can help off the bench. Uh, it's very rare you get um, a superstar. I mean, very rare. I'm not, I, I can't think of one. of All-stars, all-stars, yes, but not superstars from preseason. So I watch preseason to see, okay, how the rookies are going to do also because the rookies are going to get more burn, and now they're going to get the burn against NBA competition especially even off the bench because you'll have a lot of veterans trying to make the teams as well. So I watched those two preseason games. First game, Golden State didn't have Draymond. Uh, Lakers didn't have Alonzo. Second game, no LeBron. And what I saw was his dominance from Golden State, and then they just took their foot off the pedal and said, we got to chill. We got 82-game season. So I wasn't, I I wasn't hype over that. Um, no, not at all. Now, what I was hype over is this kid, Damian Jones, who's taking JaVale McKee's place, who, I mean, Steph threw him three alley-oops. That, that could be dangerous because um, as good as a point guard Steph, Steph Curry is, I would put him in the average column when it comes to passing. He's not, to me, um, a Chris Paul. No, hell no. You know, I, I can't say that. But he's, not, he's not a Rondo when it comes to the IQ of passing. He's not a LeBron James. He's a good passer, but when you have somebody you could just lob it up to and they catch it and throw it, it makes your job a lot easier as a point guard, I think. I mean, what do you, what do you think about that, this kid, Damian Jones, and how him and Steph Curry may mesh a little bit? Oh, I think that's a, that's a good look, just like I think um, the rookie from last year, Bell. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Oh, he approved because... this year. He, he can shoot a little bit. You seen that? Yeah. And Steph Curry's going to demand that double team every time as he goes to the basket or face for the three, and that alley will always be there. Yep, and that's what, and that's exactly what was happening. Uh, you caught, you hit it right on the button. Exactly what was happening, and 
I think, listen, the problem is, well, now we can talk about the Lakers. The Lakers, LeBron is going to play a different role. Because you, and the reason I say this is because you have two point guards who are really point guards. They're floor generals. You have Lonzo Ball and Ray John Rondo. These are high IQ, intelligent, passing point guards. They're, they're not Kyrie Irving. They're not going to cut somebody up, take it to the lane, shoot over them. That's not what they do. So LeBron can't be the primary ball handler because what would they do? They can't shoot. They're not shooters like that. So now he's going to have to play off the ball. And that's what I'm interested in really seeing how it's going to work for a full 48 minutes. Ingram, I think, has looked great during the preseason. So has JaVale McGee. I don't know if he can keep that up being a full-time, full-time, getting full-time minutes um, as a starter. I mean, he was a full-time starter in Golden State. But the minutes weren't like that. You know, he got – dead ball came in, Looney came uh, – dead ball came, Looney came in. I'm interested to see LeBron's role in L.A. And what do you think they're going to do this season? Honestly, I think they – I don't think they're going to be as bad as people expect them to be. I think they're going to be decent because mm-hmm. watching them against Golden State, I noticed they play defense well and they switch well. That's a problem for Golden State. Yes. switch well, mm. Preach. That's, that's a problem. So, I honestly think – I know we spoke about this earlier, and I did not have them in my top eight to make it to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But I honestly, after rethinking it, I think they can make it in the seventh or eighth spot. Oh, definitely. Um, you, yeah. I, I see them fighting. I see. I, you know why I see fighting? Because who we were talking about earlier, Luca. The Mavericks yeah. are going to change, and they got DeAndre Jordan and um, Dennis Smith Jr. I can see him really evolving this year. Dirk, of course, is coming off the bench. That's fine. A few threes here and there. But they got younger, better. Um, I also see, believe it or not, man, I know a lot of people don't believe in him, but I'm going to go out here and say this. Maybe you disagree not. I can see Sacramento fighting for that AC, bro. I don't know. I just think Bagley and um, and, – Oh man, what's damn? Cal um, Willie Stein is going to do great together. Two tall, athletic guys. Even though he got banged on by Durant, um, it happens. I just see them two. I especially Bag- Bagley. Man, he's got energy. Man, he's up and down, up and down. He's got a quick jump off the floor like Amari did when he was a rookie and young in his in his year. I I don't know that. I, I I don't know, man. I see okay. them, L.A. Mavericks. I don't know about Portland, man. I think Portland's gonna be a lost soul, bro. So, I don't see because so many teams got better in the West. Even I put Denver before Portland. Yes, I totally forgot. And you're not going. You can't count Utah now that you got Gobert. No. Uh, Spider. I Mitchell. say Utah's going to be top five. They're going to probably finish five or six. <clears throat> I see. Um, I see Portland dropping out badly, man. I see Portland doing bad, bro. I don't know why. I think after losing in the first round last year. I think CJ. I, I think they'll they'll do great numbers wise as far as stats with Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. But I, excuse me, I don't believe they'll have a great year. I, no, I, I, they, I, they're not good enough for the West. They're not going to no, no more. Yeah, I I think even in the East they'd be a six seed. Yeah, to be honest, they don't really have no talent outside of Lillard and McCollum. Yeah, and that's the problem. They big men is okay, but. 
they have no real bench. Um, going back to the Lakers real quick, LeBron's numbers. How do you think they'll be this year? Do you think any? You think fall the time to catch up? No. Hmm. LeBron is still going to look like LeBron, and I see his numbers are maybe dwindled just a little since he's not going to be the main facilitator for the team. Mm-hmm. Because I, I honestly see them to start Rondo at the point, and and eventually as the season goes on, move Lonzo to the two. That's what I honestly see. Mm. I kind of see, for some reason, I could see LeBron playing the five position. <clears throat> because the way the game is set up now, he could play the five so easily. And it would honestly hurt a lot of teams. Oh, definitely. Against. Just because a lot of bigs, um, especially if you're playing a team like Denver, I feel, I, oh, man, I'm mad at forgetting his name, but he's very good. Um, or even Porzingis. These guys like to shoot outside. So the first thing they're going to do is gonna come outside, which is great because LeBron is faster on his feet than them. And the funny thing is, these guys aren't big, so they they can't out-muscle him. That's not going to happen. So I definitely agree with you on that point. I can see that happening in Ingram playing the four and Kuzma at the three. And if you put... That's if they don't start McGee at the four. Well, yeah, that's if they don't start McGee. I see him playing all right, and then I see McGee being McGee, just like I seen Lance Stevenson being Lance Stevenson. The only thing that I see hindering the Lakers... Or maybe you disagree with me or not, is injuries, if not, the locker room. You do have two major headaches in there. You have Rondo, who caused the shit show in Boston when he got rid of his best friend in Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> you couldn't even stay on a, a championship, the team you wanted to chip with, with the championship coach, which was sad. And uh, you couldn't stay in Chicago. You couldn't stay with the Pelicans. And you had a young guy like AD. Why wouldn't you want to play with a future superstar like that? And uh, Beasley is is Beasley. <laughs> uh, Beasley, I don't even know how he's still in the league. I don't know how he's not in China somewhere. <laughs> I said the same thing with Josh Childress and Stephon Marbury. Uh, I, I, I don't get it either, but you know what? That's the problem that scares me is if they bench does not produce, you're going to burn LeBron and these guys out. You're going to. That is the Lakers' problem. Once LeBron... Once LeBron and Rondo come out the game, who steps up? Mm-hmm. Who steps up? You going? You going to put all the pressure on them young guys on Ingram, Kuzma? Mm-hmm. And here's the problem. They're not ready for that. And here's another problem too. Lance Stevenson, as I watch him, still likes to play the ISO ball where he dribbles for like 10, 14 seconds off the shot clock. That is no good when you have <clears throat> a talented young team like that, especially nowadays. You need to move the rock to score. Officially, officially, to score the uh, to score the rock effectively, you need to move the ball. That's how you need to do it nowadays. Sometimes it doesn't even need to touch the the the, the, uh, the floor. Just move the rock, and you can't do that where the ball is in Lance Stevenson's hand. Beasley likes to shoot the baseline three. That's my only um, if about them is that I believe their bench is going to be a huge problem. Uh, I see Josh Hart doing great because they need shooters, and he is probably the best shooter on their team. No, he ain't probably he is. Yeah, <laughs> noble man agrees. Noble man says it is. It is. It definitely is. And we're going to move on. I want to actually talk about since another guy that that uh that relocated this season. We got to talk. Even though I spoke to him earlier in my own podcast, I want to get your thoughts on it. Kawhi Leonard in Toronto. Thomas passes I last in my podcast on him um, going to Toronto with his infamous laugh. But um, it's on statement that on record that Danny Green is saying that he's more vocal 
uh, he's out there. He's um, he's uh, socializing more with his teammates. He's making. He's calling out plays. He's doing everything that he didn't do in San Antonio. And for the league, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're the L.A. Clippers or the New York Knicks or the L.A. Lakers, any team with cap and have a future, uh, potential future, you might be a little worried. <laughs> yay or nay on this one? I'm going to have to go yay. Mm. I'm definitely going to have to go yay. He's going to be a good fit for Toronto. I mean, I'm not buying the whole he's being more boisterous now. I mean, he's just doing what the media <laughs> said he wasn't doing. He's going to still be the same player and the same person. Just, that doesn't change. The same cornrows. Yeah. Same cornrows. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. He got the Iverson. I said he got the Iverson syndrome. Let me see it's going to grow. I said, this man came with the league six years. Let me see still like just right there, like brother. <laughs> he don't change the style uh, enough. Nothing. Straight, straight. Queen Latifah set it off cornrows, straight back. Yeah. <laughs> straight back. But you know what's interesting? I watched them in the preseason, and um, I told somebody this. Maybe you did, I want to hear your thoughts on this. I say they remind me of Milwaukee Bucks. They, they're tall, long, and athletic, and they're fast on defense. And I said that's, that's, that's very scary because I think they're one of the teams, they're going to be like Milwaukee, we're predicated on our defense bringing our offense. We don't need shooters. We're going to stop you from shooting, so we don't have to shoot. And to me, I, I kind of like that because that brings defense. I think them and Milwaukee, I would like to see them two clash in the playoffs because, like I said, they're both long defensive teams. Neither of them have shooters, really. Maybe Milwaukee has the better shooter. Maybe uh, that's about it. But I'm interested to see – how is he? How is he going to do? Would you have Toronto finishing the season as? I got him finishing in the top three. Top three, uh, top three. But see, what I'm worried about is, mm-hmm. yeah, they're great defensively, but like you said, they're going to have problems scoring the ball and going against the team. Ultimately, like we all Boston, know, the yeah. goal is to come out the East. Mm-hmm. And if you come out the East, the goal is to beat Golden State. They can play the best defense in the world they want, but if you cannot score with Golden State, you will not beat them. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have all the defensive work. Bro, they won't even get past Boston. How about that? I, they won't get past Boston. Boston Boston has the best squad in the East. I'm tell you right now, the playoff series to watch, and I'm telling you, it's going to be the Eastern Conference Final. It's going to be the Boston Celtics versus the Philadelphia 76ers. That's going mm. to be the Eastern Conference Finals. I see it. I don't see nobody, depending on how it goes, I don't see nobody beating Boston to get to where they need to go. And I don't see nobody beating Philly to go get to where they need to go. Um, Joel Embiid is rejuvenated. The only thing I see hindering them is if he gets an injury, you know, because um, nowadays it seems like ACLs are tearing left and right. Like, they're keeping them on stock right now because everybody gets one or a broken leg. It's, it's crazy. The sneakers are supposed to be built better. That's, that's the messed up part. Uh, you know, but I, I don't see nobody beating them. That's who I see going. Who you, who you, who you have in the Eastern Conference Final? I got, Toronto, I got Toronto and the Celtics. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, the Celtics winning in probably six games the most. Five. Five or six games. Speaking of the Celtics real quick, I heard something that um, Terry Rozier does not want to play behind Kyrie Irving. Crazy, no, because after the performance he put on in the playoffs last year, 
he actually showed that he deserves to be a starting point guard. But would I start him over Kyrie? Hell, Hell no. <laughs> Glad because we you agree just have on to that. look at they starting the they starting lineup is ridiculous. You got Kyrie at the point. You got Al Horford at the center. Shooting guard. Who are they gonna put at shooting guard? That's a tough one. They can really put anybody there. They're gonna have Haywood at the three, mm-hmm. and you can put anybody at the power forward. So it's like them, and then they bench. They bench is great. Like they have a totally like their team is great from top to finish. It really is. It, it, it really is. And people don't forget about Horford. Horford is such a beast. Um, but here's my thing. Kyrie says he's staying. Do you believe that one? And number two, out of that, uh, uh, in Boston, out of those, um, what is it, one, two, three, four, out of those five, who do you think will leave or be traded? Well, for Boston? Oh. If I don't see any of them to want to leave unless, like, now that they have Haywood back, I could see maybe Brown and Tatum, like, getting less minutes. One of them is going to definitely get less minutes. And I'm going to lean more towards Tatum since Brown is a way better defensive player. Instead of offensive, offensive, I agree with that. Because they have enough offense on the floor, so I see Tatum to get the shit end of that stick. And I can see him wanting to leave because he's already proved in his rookie year that another two, three years from now, he's going to be a top ten player in the NBA. Definitely. Um, the way he can just – he like he can score. He got that nice little fadeaway, and his shot is pretty is pretty good. And it's going to get better. It's going to get a lot better. He plays good defense. Not as athletically gifted as um, Jalen Brown, but like you said, John, he has the offensive upside. Jalen Brown is more of a spot-up shooter, not an off-the-dribble like um, uh, Tatum is, especially he can take you to the rack better. Um, listen, I agree with you. I can see Tatum leaving and saying, you know what? It's time to start my own regime. It's time for me yeah. to run my own squad. And I, and I, I, I can see him going. Um, you think Kyrie will stay? It all depends. Kyrie really wants to play in New York, being that his father was born and raised in the Bronx. So I think he wants to play in New York. And then it's close to Jersey where he was raised. So he wants to play here. So it all depends who the Knicks pick up in, free, in the free agency next year. And Jimmy Butler said he do want to play with him. So if Jimmy Butler goes to the Knicks, maybe Kyrie will come there. But that still makes the Knicks still a six or seven seed. It does not get them any further. It don't, but okay. Okay, what is this? Because what what is this? What is this? Check this scenario. Because I've been watching them throughout the summer league and preseason. Um, I told you about that boy Mitchell Robinson when we drafted him, and he's been looking like a true monster on the boards. That's going to be the starting center watch. Um, Porzingis is going to come back. Not shows he can score. Um, what do you think about Alonzo Trio, real quick? Uh he's some Tommy. He's not. He's not there. He isn't consistent. If he could be consistent, then I wouldn't have a problem with him. But he's not consistent. But that comes. I give him, He's going to need a couple years. Well, okay. Um, so, I like him because um, he's definitely a nice three-point bomber. You got Dotson, another nice little three-point bomber. Um, I, Lance Thompson, um, a.k.a. Victor Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I don't see him like he like. Uh, I don't see him like he used to be. Uh, I'm gonna say two seasons ago. We still got Ernest Cantor. 
I think um, with the acquisition of a Jimmy Butler, Kyrie Irving, that is great because you can have Kyrie, Jimmy, Knox, Porzingis, and Cantor. That is a great starting five. And off the bench, you have, um, you know, the rest of the guys, I guess, Moutier, Trey. Well, see, that would be the problem. I guess I will agree with you on that, going with the sixth and seventh, um, seventh seed, because you know what? The bench is still depleted. It's once you once once the star players go to the bench, what do they have? Yeah, Frank Nikita. <laughs> I don't believe, and I'm, I'm sorry. I just, yeah, he killed it in the summer league. But you know what? Your um, what's it? Six, seven, long arms, um, great speed, good athleticism. He did work on his jump shot. I'm not going to shit on the man. I saw him working on his jump shot um, this season. It's gotten better. But I thought he should be more defensive-minded. He's not a passing point guard. So he's an off-guard. He's an off-guard who, who can't shoot. So And he doesn't take it to the rack like uh, Russell, Wilson, uh, Russell Westbrook, excuse me, who's a, who's a great off-guard. But he can take it to the rack, and he has a decent jump shot. So frightening the killer, I'm sorry. That was a bad pick. I told everybody, I don't know why the hell it kept Phil after the draft. Should have got rid of his ass Come before, on. and we'd have had Dennis Smith Jr. That's who we would have had, and I'd have been very happy. Not I agree with that. Very happy. Paul Rakins, oh man, give me your top five teams in the West. Of course, Golden State is number one. Mm-hmm. Houston, I will go number two. Mm-hmm. Number three, I will probably go Golden. I mean, um, Oklahoma City. Ooh. Oh, I like that. I like that. That's very interesting. Oh. Very and interesting. Then once, then like once you hit the top three, it's like it's toss up. You could pretty much put anybody there. You could put like, Denver. You could put Utah. Yeah, it's like once you get there, it's like because you know, I'm gonna be honest. You know what's gonna come down to to these three teams? It's gonna come down to Houston, Golden State, and Oklahoma. It's mm-hmm. gonna come down to yes, them three I agree teams with because. You. The Spurs have nobody. No, I don't care how great they are defensively. DeMar DeRozan, I, I, I like him, but you know what? He's another. He still can't go left. He still can't. <laughs> that was his problem in Portland, that he can't go left. Whenever they force him left, he shoots a fadeaway jump shot. And, That's his problem. And you know what? And his jump shot isn't still. I, I, I can still say, you know what? Oops, I left him open. Oh, well. <laughs> type of jump shot. It's not one of those I'm I'm screaming, oh my God, I left him open. He still he doesn't scare me with his jump shot. No, um un- he's not a Tim Duncan. But you know what the thing is too? Um he's six five, man. He's six five two guard. We don't have those no more. This is not nineteen ninety four. He's six five. <laughs> no, seriously, six and nowadays our two guards are, are six seven, six eight. I mean look at look at Kevin Durant, really a two guard. Clay Thompson yeah, six a- seven. You know, he got some height on him. And you know what? He's not lanky. He's not like a Kawhi. Look at Kawhi Leonard, you know, lanky, uh, a tall 6'8", six, 6'7". Six, you know, he's, these, these guys are taller now. Um, I got Golden State, Houston, um, Oklahoma like you do. But then I go Utah and Denver. I won't argue that. I can't argue that. A lot of people are mad. But really, I have the Lakers finishing either the 7th or 8th seed. I have them going to the playoffs. I honestly do. It's not that hard. It's not that hard for them to go to the playoffs because after you after the top four teams, it's really a toss up. Anybody could go five yes. to eight. And that first round, listen, depends on who they get. Um, if they the eighth seed, you get knocked out in four. 
I don't give a fuck what they want to say. Go yeah, that, take or take. They're getting swept. And Houston might do you dirtier because they don't give a damn. They're going to run right with you. And Carmelo Anthony looks great with Houston Rockets. He looks awesome. Give me your top five for the East. Oh, I got Boston in first. I got Toronto in second. I got oh, third. Oh, that's a tough one. Really? Aww. Philly don't get no brotherly love from the noble I, man. I, I really – it's just that they're so young and I'm worried about them. And then, then it's – matter of fact, they can have the three spot. It's just when they get to the playoffs, I don't feel they're ready for it. The playoffs is the, is the regular season times 100. They're not ready for that. You know what? I kind of agree with that. Watching them play in the th- um, second round last year, I, they just – they didn't look the same. And uh, I can see Joel and B getting really mad. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, ben Simmons, great, needs to show me more hunger. Needs to show me more hunger. So you give him the third spot. Who you got for the fourth and fifth? Um, I'm, um, I'm definitely will have to put Washington up there. Mm. Can't forget about them. I, I will never count them out because they're decent. Well coached, they're decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and fifth, oh man, I want to give it to Milwaukee. I want to, but part of me says no. Who you got as fifth? Then I'm interested in this. Oh, I'm gonna have to give it to Milwaukee because hmm. the rest of the teams is is a toss up. Yeah, everything, everybody's uh, fighting for the six, seven, and eight spots: Chicago, Detroit, New York, Indiana. So, so Paces. yeah, so check this. So, so this is how I got my power rankings going. I got number one, of course, Boston. Number two, Philadelphia. <laughs> number three, Milwaukee. Number four, Toronto. And number five, Indiana. Whoa. Toronto's so low. Toronto, oh, I just, you know what it is? Chemistry. I don't think they, uh, Milwaukee, Joe's great to, uh, um, together. I still think in Toronto, they're going to have to find themselves and get a rhythm going. They're going to have to see if they need shooters. Can they rely without shooters? Um, watching um, the preseason, Eric Bledsoe has definitely improved on his jump shot. Um, look, looking great. Now they have a full season with him. But he was their only um, acquisition, and he was a side piece. When you talk about Toronto, uh, they traded main acquisition. So now the team has to get acclimated to – this new player, he doesn't play the same. We're going to have to dish him the ball different. He gets his own shot better. So maybe we'll have to play a little bit more ISO. So to me, Toronto still have to find himself, which is why I have them as the four. But not by much. I, I think Milwaukee will finish maybe a game or two ahead of them. Uh, I don't know. I I can give them that. <laughs> uh, they, I can give them four or five. Toronto definitely has to be second. And the Pacers is in the bottle for me. Really? After playing so um so great last man, they, they listen. They gave they gave my uh, they gave Cleveland the scare, boy. They still got to play forty games in the Western Conference. That's that's forty losses. Oh, because I don't think I really don't think they could be any Western Conference team. He said that's forty losses. Oh snap! Oh man, you can't give them uh, one against Portland. I, I, these are the type of teams Portland's going to beat next year. <laughs> Eastern Conference, bottom, bottom of bottom the Bottom feeders. <laughs> and, and that's who they're going to beat in the West, the bottom feeders. They're not going to beat no top four teams. 
That's funny. He said they're not going to be no four teams. Damn, Toronto, you get no love. The nobleman said no love. Oh, I can't see it. I could, I could just see the, I see the championship now. We go to state in the Celtics and go to state winning in six games. I said the same thing. I said, I see everybody got the Celtics um, meeting them, but the problem is, um, who uh, Jalen Brown can't stop KD. No, they have nobody. No matter how much switching they do, they can't double team. Golden State will remain unbeatable until until that team breaks up. They're gonna remain unbeatable. And then you got to worry. Then you got to think about they're going for the three-peat. All the greatest teams have three-peat. Mm-hmm. So they're going for the three-peat this year, and they're going to get it. it. They're definitely going to get it. I know the amount of championship counts because you bring up an interesting um, um, fact there. And I, I'm thinking about a question right now. Now, I know chips matter, the amount that the organization or the team had itself. If they three-peat, what would you rate them as in, 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 in NBA teams to, to win multiple championships? Because, believe it or not, I know they, um, Pippen said they, they, was, they would, they would um, bust Golden State ass, but I don't believe that, man. Luke Longley would get abused. That's the problem. Too many weapons. Pippen defense is great, but uh-huh. Pippen ain't play no like KD, man, and that's going to be the problem. And then, okay, point guard matchup. Okay, you gonna put Mike on Seth? Who the hell gonna stop Clay? Because you know what? Here's the thing: whether you have B.J. Armstrong or Ron Harper, none of them is stopping um, Steph Curry. So then, either Jordan's gonna guard him or Clay. Either Clay or Steph is going to get off, and then Draymond is a beast. So it depends. It's, it's a it problem, all depends. man. What, I, I don't. Whatever rules are we playing with? Are we playing with the? The 90s ever rules or these new ever rules? Oh, you, you say hand check or no rules? hand check? He's got, uh, if we hand checking and we getting a nigga's ass, the Bulls beat the Bulls. Uh, beat you know what? You bring up a good, that's a good point because you, I, I keep forgetting that back in our days, you know, we damn near played jail ball. Because that's Golden State. That's that's stuff Curry's problem right there. They yeah. Get up in his ass. He, he looks like the average point guard. But I just, you know what? I, I'm sorry. As good as Pippen is, he couldn't stop Kobe. I can't see him stopping KD, man. I don't see it. Tall, yes, he is athletic. The problem is, if it comes to a shootout, whether it's new rules or old rules, it's going to be a problem. I think the Bulls with Ron Harper have a better chance because B.J. Armstrong is too much of a liability. So I would say, so I would say the '96 Bulls will have a better chance. Well, I agree with that. I put Randy Brown on Steph Curry before. You did your BJ Armstrong on him. He said Randy Brown, you stupid. Yeah, <laughs> Stacy King, all these untold soldiers. <laughs> yo, bring, yo, this has been a great podcast. I'm gonna bring up the last question, folks. And this is going this is a doozy right here. This one I heard somebody um mention as I was watching a sports show and I watched several YouTube videos on this and I myself is fighting with this. And the question is, noble man, is the White Howard a, whole, a first ballot Hall of Famer? Yes. Oof. Why? Yeah. Why? Because the numbers is there. If we take away, let's not look at his personal life, his attitude. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't judge 
off the court. I want to know what you do on the court. That I, that has nothing to do. With, that's not bringing you stats or championship. So it, it doesn't. That doesn't affect me. So I honestly believe he's definitely first ballot, definitely because the numbers is there. He was the most dominant big man in the NBA for at least five years. Yo, three-time defensive player of the year award. Nobody's done that. No. And to dominate the league for five years at your position, that means that you – anybody else would be a legend. But his attitude attitude brought this on him. So that's why people question it. But he's definitely a Hall of Famer. I mean, you got people like Reggie Miller who made the Hall of Fame. Um, Come on. What did Reggie really do over the kick his leg out? Reggie was a hell of a scorer, though. If you as really much look as, at it, as we hate to say it, uh, Reggie averaged about, I think he averaged somewhere like around 19 to 22 points a game, which very good at that time for what he and did. And to play for one franchise. And, uh, and, that, and that's the thing, too. Reggie, to me, you, you know, and you know we're a diehard Knicks fan. Okay, here's the thing. Reggie, I think stats, if I'm not mistaken, uh, somebody probably quote me wrong, catch me on this. I believe his stats is better than Chauncey Billups, right? And a lot of people believe Big Shot Chauncey is a Hall of Famer. I think Chauncey Billups has somewhere like around maybe 15,000 career points. He's so, Stephon Marbury is a Hall of Famer there. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you believe Chauncey because he has a ring is supposed to be a Hall of Famer, uh, I don't know, man. The, the Hall of Fame is not, to me, what it used to be. The reason I say Dwight Howard is is because eight-time All-Star – like I said, three-time defensive player of the year, five-time all-defensive player team, all-defensive team, eight, eight-time All-Star, and his numbers don't lie. He made it to the chip too. Yeah, he made it to the chip too, and that counts. I'm sorry, there are a lot of players. Yes, even though they don't have chips, you can't deny they Hall of Fame. You can't deny Charles Barkley. You can't deny Patrick Ewing. You know, these are some Carl Malone's. These are uh, some of your greats. That I'm sorry, they just couldn't make it. Uh, Dwight Howard's stats are great. Even the year I told you, we spoke about this earlier, when he played in L.A. and his back was hampered with those injuries, he still put up 18 and 12. That's still great numbers. Um, his worst year was probably in um, Atlanta when he put up 16 and 9. That's still great. A lot of guys don't do that. A lot of people will praise somebody like a Kendrick Perkins because he got one chip. To, and that man averaged 4 and 4. So, you, you know, so you definitely – I'm going to say he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, yes, his attitude does not reflect his caliber of player. Um, to me, he's never reached his maximum potential. We all know he should have been uh, – he should have won Defensive Player of the Year six times. You know? I can agree. No, um, he – to me, um, listen – in this era, it would have been hard. He came in at a time when Kobe was, I mean, was was deadly. And then right after that, LeBron and Golden State grabbed the torch. So if you look at the, and, and people don't look at that too, and I thought that was one of the big things that count when it comes to Hall of Fame criteria is that you got to look at the era they played in. And looking at the era he played, he's playing in, it's very hard to win the chip. It's not easy. It is, it is not easy. Especially... After the Kobe era, everybody started doing Voltron and Power Rangers. They started getting five together, forming them, and getting Megazord. So, shit ain't the same no more. It, no. It's, it's not one player and a bunch of role players. No, you need three superstars now. 
Um, I hope they change that later on. I'm so, uh, you know, I don't want to see it too much longer. It's great. It's good for comp. It's great competition if you can dethrone Golden State. But at the same time, like you said, until this team break up, they they're gonna run it. But who's gonna beat them until until some until until they break up and Katie retires and Steph gets injured or something like that, they're gonna win a championship. I can't see. It don't matter. You would have to put literally put an all star team together to beat them. You would, and NBA you would. players is too greedy to take pay cuts to do that. Yep, and that's that's an interesting um, fact you bring up because when you um, go, think about going to play with LeBron, you got to remember that um, they have a lot of rookies, and people have to get paid. So don't people don't understand for the future? Don't think it's all dandy and sweet for LA because you know what they have to sign people and they have great rookies, uh, three great rookies. Ingram gonna need his money. I think after um what he's this is second this is third year. I think after this, this season he's on yeah he's gonna need his money. Rookie contract is gonna be up soon. Uh, Lonzo Ball has another two years. So does Kuzma. They're gonna need their money. So you gotta remember what they're looking for two max contract players. So, Magic, I remember, if I sign two max guys, I got to remember, I may not have no money. You know, so people got to remember that. I think they should just sign a bunch of good. But that's when extensions come in. Somebody like Ingram, they offer him an extension at the end of this year. Yeah. They offer baller extension. I agree with so you on that. pay him max right away. But luxury and tax might that's... kick their ass, though. Shit. That's the yeah, you you right about that. That's the only thing. Luxury tax might kick their ass. But I agree with you on that. That's been the cop out now, extensions. Um I can see somebody probably taking the pay cut, but I don't see somebody like Alonzo Ball or Kuzma talking about now nah, I'm taking less bread. No, uh I want this, especially Alonzo Ball type player. But does LeBron have three years left in him to get to these players to get their max contract? I think it does. Who has been playing like he's been the non-straight finals. It's like his body's been. He's been playing basketball his whole but life. He's not showing. You know what? Besides on defense, I mean, he does. Listen, he's smart. I don't agree with a lot of his tactics, like the taking the days off. You know, especially if it's um, a West Coast team and you only see him twice. Fans pay their money to come see you, and you don't play. I disagree with that, especially. Um, when the old times, they play 82 games. You look forward to it. Jordan did it. I don't want to hear, oh, it's a new era. No, but you know what? Then skip a day of practice. Have the coach tell him, listen, let me skip a day of practice. Sometimes practice is more grueling than the actual game. I can agree. So I can see nothing wrong with telling your coach, I need a little practice off here and there. Or, and, play, and they do do that for their superstars. They'll tell them to chill. You got to run this drill. So I don't understand the, the missing game concept. But you know what? He preserves his body pretty damn well. He spends, I think, somewhere around, um, they say, like uh, 500000 to a million on it a year, which is crazy. And listen, there's been rumors about PEDs about him, but none of those have been um, told to be true. So as far as we know, man, this is just natural, man. It's just God-given talent. <laughs> yeah. You know, and... I'm, I'm amazed and actually astonished by it because I've never seen nobody play this long and never sustain a serious injury. Even Jordan hurt his, his uh, what was it, his foot? What was that, in 87? When he broke his yeah. foot or something like that? When he broke his foot, yeah. 
So even the greats have done it. I mean, they've tired out. They've their bodies given out, but he wants to play. I can see him playing to the point where his son is in the league. <laughs> At least for one I year. honestly think I honestly think that's his goal. That's his goal to be the first father's son to play in the league at the same time. And I could see that happen. I could see him. All he got to do is go another five years. I could see him taking, you know what, being in L.A. is good for his body because, you know what, I could let these young kids do all the running. I could tone myself down. I don't have to be the primary ball handler. And I think that's what he wants, a break off it. But it's interesting to see how he's going to play. Definitely about that. He doesn't have to play how he used to play, play because he has nothing left to prove. No, definitely, and, which is why you're mm-hmm. not you're not going to surpass Jordan in, in people's eyes. Maybe this new generation, because as as we go further and further along in time, Michael Jordan will phase out, and they will talk about LeBron James being the greatest of all time. I, but us, I, we will always mm-hmm. say Michael's better. I will. I listen, man. This is this is the thing. And uh, real quick before we go out. I, this is sometimes why I don't watch the shows no more. I was watching, I believe it's First Thing First. And, you know, Nick Wright is a huge LeBron lover. Like I hate Shaw. Nick Wright. Yeah, I, I can't stand him or CC that look like a drunk drunk sock puppet. But, um, <laughs> but um, his thing was, you know, oh, you know, Kobe. He was, who, how, I want to break it down to how he said his school. Uh, he put the Kobe versus LeBron thing. And he goes to the shooting, and he goes to uh, Kobe being carried to three chips, which is false if you look up those stats. And that, um, what you call it, um, LeBron has won chips and all this stuff while Kobe's been in the league. So what about the five years LeBron was in the league when Kobe won his back-to-back chips? I always ask that question. What, what happened to that? On top of that, if you love st- people love stats so much, let's talk about the chip stats. I think going to the championship nine times and winning three times is actually fucking disgusting. <laughs> if you look it at that, is. that's kind of damn nasty. You're like, damn, brother. That's almost as bad as the Buffalo Bills going four straight times and losing all four straight times, which they did. That's terrible. That's, that is terrible. It's disheartening at some point. Um, but and, be honest though, who's better, Kobe or LeBron? I give it to Kobe. It's not you, you honestly. I give it to Kobe. I over give it LeBron. to Kobe for you reasons. One clutch. When it comes down to it, I'm giving Kobe that last shot. There's no way in hell. When it comes to, um, I want to say, it's a, you know what? It depends on what you want. I want a guy who's going to take over the game for me. Is not going to let us lose. I don't see that with LeBron. For a perfect example. Given the playoff that just passed, you crying on the sidelines, yelling at JR, but my man, it's overtime. Score is 0-0. You know Kobe would have did that shit and said, you know what, it's overtime. What would Jordan do in that situation? It's overtime. 0-0. Let's take this shit home. He could have did that, but he he died right there. And that bothers me because when even with Kobe, his infamous 81 game, he was down and out. Look what he did to make them come back and win. <laughs> so... It's that determination, that desire. I wasn't a Michael Jordan fan being a Knicks, um, a diehard Knicks fan, and I still am. But you know what? I, I appreciate the greatness. I can't lie. Jordan's number one. It's that determination, that desire, that flu game. You don't have that. LeBron's being carried out because of cramps. You know, oh, <laughs> using the excuse, I, I, my hand hurt after um, you got swept in the finals. It's too late because you punched something. Come on. Don't give me the Mari style of my excuse. 
Like, I, I'm gonna have to go with LeBron, man. He's in my eyes, he's the best overall player to ever play the game. I would say athletic wise, but I agree yeah. with you. The heart. If he had more heart, I could put him. I could put him. I guarantee I'd put him. I'd put him. The way he let Kevin Durant abuse him in the finals, I couldn't see Kobe and Mike seeing letting that happen. I couldn't see it, bro. I agree. I couldn't see I agree it. with that, Paul. Kobe shut Kobe shut you down in the All Star game, bro. Just to let you, people know that I'm here. I can do this at a late age. LeBron got scared, and I'm like, All Star game, man. You got to show Kobe what you could do. Like he let Kobe punk him, and I don't care what nobody say. Watch that. Watch that All Star game they play. Kobe blocking him, dunking him, shooting on him. I said, come on, man. It was like he was playing with him. And that's the thing about it. Kobe, it's a different caliber of player, man, that hunger. That Mamba vision is real, man. And LeBron, LeBron to me, when it comes to titles, man, should have more than three. That's, to my, that's just my opinion. As a great player as he is, and been to the finals that many times, you should have more than three. I agree, but he shouldn't have three. He should only have two. He really should. Because he should have lost one for the Spurs. Actually, really think about it, Draymond Green. Should maybe one. Yeah, but I said Draymond Green didn't get ejected. Who knows how that series would have went? I, I agree with that one too. So he might only really have one on his belt. Real talk, and that would have been a really bad one for nine. And then what are we talking about? And that's the only thing I I don't my gripe about it is that people want to defend and not talk about like my man. You're not looking so good in the finals. Or, my man, how many more teams you going to go to to see if you can win the chip with? Or, my man, how many more people you going to cry about every trade deadline? Those are my gripes. No, I agree with that. And I, just, I won't argue. And then sometimes, like, you're such a great player, like, but you asked for Tristan Thompson to stay. And I, 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 I didn't see why you fight for that man to get his money. He wasn't worth it. I'm sorry. At all. And he proved that. Yup, you made some t- and people don't think don't judge him for that. I'm sorry, LeBron, you made bad GM decisions by keeping him. The best thing you said was get Kevin Love over here. That was it. That was but they the- do have the same. They do have the same. What's it called? Agent. Agent. Now, yeah, because he helped so. him get the bread. And like I said, man, it's gonna be an interesting basketball season. You know, we can't wait. So check it out. Season starts. You know, uh, I believe it's tomorrow. So what we're yep. going to do is uh, hopefully if you're free either Friday or Saturday, we're going to do a wrap-up of the, of, of the first games. And we're going to basically chime in and talk about how everything went for everybody game ones. You down with that, noble man, for the people? Uh, I will definitely be here. Definitely. And, yo, you know how we do it. I got to play something smooth when I'm all on my way out. And that's the outro right there. There's another episode of Then Live Between Sports and Hate. I'm your host, Charlie Brown, with my special guest, Noble Man. And we out. Peace and one love. Bye.